Chapter Eight of the Great White Queen by William LeCue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter Eight: The Secret of the Queen. As we were led forward to the space in front of the divan, all eyes were directed towards us. The glitter and pomp of the merciless slave raiders' court was dazzling. Before their ruler, all men salaamed. His officers surrounding him watched every movement of his face, and the fourscore slaves behind him stood mute and motionless, ready to do his bidding at any instant. When our feet touched the great carpet spread before him and we halted, he raised himself to a sitting posture, fixing his dark gleaming eyes upon us. At sight of Omar a sudden frown of displeasure crossed his features, but an instant later a grim smile of triumph lit his sinister face. Apparently he was waiting for us to bow before him, but Omar had forbidden me to do so. "'And who, pray, art thou, that thou deignest not to bend the knee before me?' he cried, in anger that his people should witness a slur thus cast upon his power. "'I am Omar, son of Naya of Mo,' my companion answered, folding his arms resolutely, and regarding the potentate with supreme disdain. Princes do not make obeisance to any but their equals. "'Am I not thine equal, then, thou son of Offal?' cried Samory. "'In strength thou art, possibly, but not by birth. In order to protect thy country against the white man thou hast sought to make palaver with Prempe of Ashante. But I would remind thee that the rulers of Mo have never besought any aid of their neighbors.' "'Thou speakest well, lad,' he said thoughtfully. "'Thine is a mighty kingdom.' but by peace or war I will rule over it. Never while I live, answered Omar with pride. But thou art the last of thy race. If thou diest, what then? If I die, then every man in Mo will seek blood revenge upon thee, and Zamara will guide them into this thy land and arm them with spears of fire. I care not for thy Naya nor thy pagan crocodile god, exclaimed the Mohammedan chief impatiently. Bow upon my divan, or of a verity my slaves shall compel thee. I refuse. May thine entrails be burned, cried Samory in anger, and raising his hand he ordered the guards of the divan to cast us both to earth before him. They threw us down, and their ruler, rising, placed his foot firmly on the neck of the heir to the throne of Mo, saying in a loud voice, As I hold thee thus within my power, so also will I, ere many moons have run, hold thy country cursed by the prophet may be thy detested race. There is neither peace nor friendship, there is neither gratitude nor love in the people of Samory, and they shall be the first to curse thee. When I enter Mo every day shall the knife of the executioner be fed with blood. Thy city shall mourn the loss of their sages, husbands their wives, wives their children, and children their fathers. The country shall be devastated to its most northerly limits, and it shall be rendered a wilderness of silence and sorrow. Then, withdrawing his foot, amid the plaudits of his crowd of fierce-looking courtiers, Omar sprang to his feet in rage, and facing him cried, The men of Mo are forewarned already against thy designs, notwithstanding that our ex-grand vizier Kuaga, the son of a dung-heap who betrayed us hither, hath joined thy accursed ranks. The soldiers of the Naya are still anxious for the fourth time to try conclusions with thy white-cloaked rabble. Come, march forward into Mo. Thou wilt never return. 
thou defiest me even as thy mother hath done he roared his hand upon the bejeweled hilt of his curved blade were it not for one fact i would smite thee dead i fear thee not omar answered with a calmness that astounded me sooner or later thou wilt i suppose order my death therefore the sooner the better why insultest thou our race by bringing hither with thee this dog of a christian the chief inquired looking at me with a terrible expression of hatred he cometh as my companion replied omar briefly as thy companion he shall accompany thee to the grave samory cried fiercely his eyes swimming in malice so be it answered omar with a smile of contempt mezomara curse thy work speak infidel samory said fixing his fiery glance upon me whence comest thou from england i answered briefly in fear from that country where dwell the accursed of allah he said as if to himself they are pig-eaters who despise the book of everlasting will and declare our great prophet on whom may be everlasting peace to be a false one accursed be thy country infidel may thy people suffer every torment of al hiwat may their food be awful and may they slake their thirst with boiling pitch the white men have sent their messengers to me time after time to urge me to ally myself with them but it shall never be recorded that samory besought the assistance of infidels to extend his kingdom we fight beneath the green banner of al-islam and will continue to do so until we die ere long the day of the jihad will dawn then the forces of al-islam will unite to sweep from the face of the earth those white parasites who seek the overthrow of the faithful allah is merciful and his servant is patient added the old scoundrel piously there arose as if with one voice of those assembled the words samory hath spoken allah sent him blessings abundant and as they did so each fingered his amulets little scraps of parchment whereon verses from the koran were written in sprawly arabic at that moment too i noticed for the first time that right opposite us was the grinning evil face of the black giant kuaga the man who had so folly betrayed us we exchanged glances and he laughed at us in triumph dost thou intend to keep me as hostage omar asked his mother's enemy boldly until thou hast performed the service for which i caused thee to journey hither with our good kuaga the traitor's head shall fall omar blurted out with pardonable passion then he asked thou desirest the service of me well what is it there was a silence so deep that a feather if dropped upon the cool floor of polished marble would have made audible sound and samory slowly seated himself give ear unto my words he said a few moments later in a clear voice as he stroked his beard with his fat hand i know that within thine impenetrable kingdom many undreamed of mysteries and wealth untold lie concealed this is common report thine ancestors in thy treasure-house the whereabouts of which is known only to the naya and to thyself have deposited heaps of jewels and great quantities of gold the spoils of war through many generations i desire to ascertain and i will ascertain from thine own lips the exact spot where we may seek that treasure a look of abject bewilderment crossed omar's feature and he turned to me saying in english all is plain now scars because only the naya herself is aware of the spot where the treasure of the sanums is deposited my mother on the eve of my departure for england divulged to me the secret fearing lest she should die before my return 
Kuwaga was the only person who knew that my mother had thus spoken to me, and he has informed Samory and joined him for the purpose of obtaining the treasure. "'Is not Kuwaga aware of the spot where the treasure is hidden?' I asked hurriedly. "'No, he came to England at Samory's suggestion to convey me hither so that they could get the secret from me. On gaining information it is apparently their intention to make a raid with Kuwaga leading in order to secure our wealth. But Samory himself interrupted our consultation. "'Speak not with thine infidel companion,' he roared. "'Answer me. Tell me where this treasure of the Sanums lieth.' "'The son of Naya is no traitor,' he answered with her tour. "'If thou speakest thou shalt have thy liberty. Indeed, if thou deemest fit thou shalt join the expedition into Mo, and share with us the loot,' the chief urged. "'Thy words insult me,' cried Omar, full of wrath. I will never share with thee, who murdered my father, that which is my birthright. Very well, answered Samory indifferently. Thou needest not. We will take it, kill thy mother, and annex thy country. Already the whole kingdom is ripe for revolt, and we shall quickly accomplish the rest. I had thee brought hither because thou alone holdest a secret I desire to know, the secret of the royal treasure-house, and—and I refuse to disclose it, my companion said interrupting the gaudily attired potentate. If thou wilt not speak willingly, then my executioners shall force thee to loosen thine obstinate tongue's strings, Samory cried, frowning while the hideous face of a black traitor grinned horribly. The secret of the queen is inviolable. My lips are sealed, answered Omar with resolution. Then my executioners shall unseal them. If I cannot save my country from desolation at the hands of thy lawless bands, exclaimed my friend, I can at least preserve from thee the treasure accumulated by my ancestors, to be used only for the emancipation of our country should evil befall it. Until the present Mo hath been held against all invaders by the host ready at the hands of my mother and her predecessors, and even now if thou marchest over my dead body thy path will not be clear of those who will oppose thee. Remember, he added, the army of the Naya possesses many pom-poms of the English each of which is equal in power to the fire of any one of thy battalions. With them our people will sweep away thine host like grains of sand before the Sirocco. "'Darest thou oppose my will?' cried Samory, rising in a sudden ebullition of wrath. "'Thy will ruleth me not,' Omar answered, his face pale and calm. A Sanom never betrayed his trust, even though he suffered death. "'Very well, offspring of Sebel, he hissed between his white teeth we will test thy resolution, and cause thee to eat thy brave words. Thy body shall be racked by the torture, and thy flesh given unto the ants to eat. Then, turning to the executioner, a big negro with face hideously scarred by many cuts, who stood at his side, leaning upon his razor-edged doka, he added, You know my will. Loosen the lad's tongue. Let it be done here, so that we may watch the effect of thy persuasion and all laughed loudly at their ruler's grim humor, while twenty slaves of the executioner rushed away in obedience to their master's command, to bring in the instruments of torture. I turned to Omar. He still stood erect, with arms folded. But his face was pale as death. Footnote. Maxim guns. They are called pom-poms by the African native, on account of the noise they cause when fired. End of chapter 8 Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks dot com.